Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final segment of today's episode, episode number 297. We're going to hit 300 this year. We'll have to have a, a party or something. Maybe we'll have some T-shirts printed. That'd be great. I know you've been looking forward to this day. It's going to be a big day. Episode 300. What's that? Thursday? Something? I don't know. Um, before the break, well, let me go. Two commercial breaks ago, uh, before my conversation with Dave McCann, uh, he and I were shooting the breeze, and as he walked into the studio here, he said to me, he said, Lee, have you seen, have you seen the COVID numbers today? And I, I had to confess, no, I, I didn't have any of that worked into the program today. And so when the update came through, I, I didn't click to look at it. And he said, well, you got to see this. So I, I open it up and it's, you know, just like you get each day, the report from the Utah Department of Health. It talks about the positives, how many vaccines have been distributed, the number of lab tests and the various trends. The, these numbers are things we haven't seen in months and months and months. Let me start uh, with the number that just about dropped my jaw, Uh, and that's just the number of positive cases. Since yesterday, there has been an increase of only 221 new cases, 221 new cases. Now, lab tests, you might naturally, if you're a cynic, say, oh, yeah, it's just because fewer people are getting tested. Okay, fine. 3,200, almost 3,300 people were tested. Of those, 3,300, 221 came out uh, positive. That is pretty low. Now. Yes, the number of lab tests, also relatively low compared to, uh, you know, how many labs have been performed in the past. You know what? Maybe that means the vaccine's working. Maybe that means that we're rounding the bend and that light at the end of the tunnel is, in fact, getting brighter and brighter. Now, uh, the, the great news continues. 4% is the seven-day average for percent positivity. 4%. Haven't seen a number like that in a long, long time. Hospitalizations, again, under 200. 164. 164. And the new numbers today included zero new deaths. Zero. Obviously, it's not time to stop washing our hands and start uh, hugging everyone we encounter on the street. But things are working. Two big things. You and I continuing to exercise prudence combined with this miracle of a vaccine. And I and I have no problem saying that. I have no problem referring to the development of this vaccine, this life-saving serum, as miraculous. N- numbers don't lie. We haven't seen numbers like this in months and months and months. Since before that summer spike, probably. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Okay, now, with this progress, and I call this progress, some of this you can extrapolate out, look over the past two weeks, and you can see that there is certainly a trend, and it's a trend that's going in the right direction. I'll reiterate the fact, though, that we got to stay vigilant, but everything is going our way. We're getting a handle on this thing. And so you have to start to look around and wonder about what do the first baby steps towards a return to normalcy look like? And where ought they be being made right now in earnest? Well, 
on Capitol Hill, specifically the House of Representatives. The House Republican leader, Kevin McCarthy, is wondering that because uh, you, you may not have caught this, but early in the pandemic, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, uh, enacted a number of rules that are that continue to today uh, govern the way lawmakers execute their legislative duties, uh, specifically uh, how they vote, uh, where they are able to be when they vote. They also opened up the uh, the ability for proxy voting. One member of Congress coming to the floor and casting a vote on behalf of someone uh, who communicates their their vote from afar. Also, you hear much about the committees. <clears throat> Committee work is incredibly important. It's essentially uh, like a little mini House of Representatives. There are bills introduced, they're debated, amended, they go back and forth, and for the very most part, bills must pass through a committee to make it onto the floor of the House. Well, the committee process right now is not fully in person. And the schedule has been severely truncated, meaning that there are fewer opportunities for bills to make their way to the House floor. And bills are, you know, you might say to yourself, oh, well, that's that's good. That means no new laws. Well, listen, bills can also be the repeal of laws that are on the books. So that process needs to remain open. Sure, new laws can be enacted, but so too through that same process are repeals and the diminishing of regulation possible through that process. Okay, so you got that. Fewer bills going to the floor. Excuse me. And then once they make it to the House floor, and we're talking just on the House side, due to the rules about how many members of Congress can be on the floor at a time, which is controlled by a list and the first letter of your last name, and you can vote with, like, your name block. That's spread up, uh, spread out over time, and it has prolonged dramatically the time required to pass legislation or even debate it or amend it or for it to see uh, time on the floor at all. Majority Leader, or I'm sorry, Minority House Republican Leader, the Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has sent uh, a letter recently to the Speaker's office saying, "Listen, we've we we must get back to work. Seventy five percent of House members have been fully vaccinated. Seventy five percent of the members of Congress on the House side have been fully vaccinated. There are some who have vocalized some resistance, some hesitancy, uh, but seventy five percent." is pretty good. And if you you know if you concede to leave some of the other safeguards in place, I think you're dealing with a pretty safe environment. Kevin McCarthy would like to know what the timeline is for ending the practice of proxy voting. Also would like to know when uh, when the United States taxpaying public can expect in-person committee work to return full time at the appropriate frequency. And then lastly, because remember, the Capitol is your house. He'd like to know when visitors to Washington again will be permitted to tour their capital, view democracy in action from the gallery, and meet with their representatives in the House office buildings. That can't happen right now. Those close-up trips, the family vacations that start with a lap around the mall and end meeting their congressperson. I remember when I went, and it planted in me a seed that grew into an incredible desire to serve there, to be a part of that, 
to be there and where I viewed things that were out of line, do whatever I could within my sphere of influence to fix them. And when I looked around and saw things that were going the right way, to get close to that and help it continue. But right now, the safeguards, quote-unquote, that are in place despite 75% vaccination amongst uh, members of the House of Representatives in the United States Congress, these restrictions remain in place. And while they remain in place, work will be slow. It's not like Congress has ever been accused of being uh, a fast-acting body, right? (laughs) Well before COVID, the accusation leveled against them was, hey, could you uh, pick up the pace? Can we get something done? Could you be a little more productive? And now, with what's in place and what may no longer be necessary, that process has slowed down even more. That's it for me. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.